0: Hey, Kings, and what's up, good people? If this is your first time here, you are listening to These Three Things podcast. If you have been one of my listeners, then you're probably wanting to know more than anything, where the heck have I been? It always seems to be the question, doesn't it? It really seems to be the question, I have tried to tell you guys that doing a podcast is not easy. For those of you who have jumped in the podcast world, you know that it is not easy. I have so many friends of mine who do podcasts, who will do episodes for a while and then they take a break. Will do episodes for a while and then they'll take a break. I give praise to people who actually can do this every week. Like for example, I've mentioned her on my show once before. She has a podcast called Ratchet and Respectable. Her name is Demetria L. Lucas. I listen to her podcast religiously. I do not mind sharing her podcast on my show because there is enough room for everybody out here. But Demetria does episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Now, her episodes are usually not as long as mine, but um, I don't know how she does that. Well, I do know how people do it because they have the time to do it and maybe it's all that they do. But for me, podcasting is not all that I do at this time. So I get busy. To be really honest, for a season, I really just lost my voice. I am transitioning in my life in a way that I can't really explain. There really isn't a lot that I really want to share or say about it at this point. Before a season, I really just lost my voice. So I was just in silence for a while, like around and being and doing But inwardly, just silent. Uh, I feel myself, I feel something new coming, happening, going on. And so I want to come back and talk. I want to come back and hear from you guys. And I want to thank you for those of you who are still listening to the show and who are still sharing the show. I still come on and look at the numbers. And I'm like, people are still listening to this show. (laughs) And I shake my head and I just... Jordan shrugged, like I don't know I don't know I don't know how or why but I do appreciate you and so thank you for continuing to listen I can't promise you and I'm just gonna say this out front I can't promise y'all gonna get an episode from me every week I can't just because the way my life is set up it just may not work that way I don't have a team of people that Uh, edit my show or do any of that I do everything for my show so it is my goal to release an episode every week with no destination or end in sight I'm just going to release shows it is my goal but I'm not going to make a promise to you that I'm going to do that because it may not happen and I don't want to put it out there and it's not going to happen so you guys will be getting episodes from me consistently maybe not once a week (laughs) but Definitely consistently. So I just want to say that this episode that is happening today has been an episode that has been on my heart to do since I started these three things back in 2020. It's hard to believe that my little pod baby in July will be three years old. Uh, My little pod Todd, I guess is what I should call her now. She's my little pod Todd because she's three and uh, soon to be three. But this episode I have desire to do when I first started the show, but just trying to get all of us together and the timing of it is just really hard to do. So I reached out to my teammates. Uh, Many of you who listen to the show, you know that I am a graduate of the University of Alabama. I played basketball at the University of Alabama. Uh, My teammates and I played in the 1994. We are totally aging ourselves and dating ourselves, but we don't care. We all find in our 50s, every single one of us, fight us, young girls, fight us. (laughs) Real facts. We all still look really good. So there's that. Um, But we were uh, on a Final Four team in 1994 together. And there was a lot that happened that season for us I have to tell you out of the gate, this is going to be a two-part episode, and I know you guys are like, you coming back. We ain't heard from you in Lord knows when, and you coming back with a two-part episode out the gate? Yes, because there was a lot to talk about. This happened eons ago, and what is so crazy is what you guys are about to listen to in this episode, we actually never talked about it. We didn't talk about it when we were going through it. We didn't talk about it after. But there is a bond between us, all of us, that has really, truly been unspoken. It's just unspoken. We have never needed to talk about it to know that, hey, if you need me, I'm coming. If you call, I'm there. If you're going through something, pick up the phone and call me. If I'm going through something, I'm picking up the phone and I'm calling you. That has been consistent with us for since 1994. And... um We sat down for the first time and talked about that season from the beginning to the end. And if you stick around and come back for part two, you're actually going to get to hear a conversation between myself and our head coach of that season. His name is Rick Moody. Rick Moody was our head coach that season who guided us through, again, one of the most devastating things that could happen to a team to one of the biggest things that has ever happened in the University of Alabama's basketball programs, male or female. So he and I had a chance to really just sit down and talk and talk about that season and to hear his perspective on that season. So stick around. This is gonna be two really great episodes for you lovers of sports. For those of you who uh, want to hear a story about a group of women overcoming or for those of you who played other sports and you know what it's like for those girls to be your sisters or those guys to be your brothers forever we dedicate this episode to Dottie Kelso <sighs> y'all know I'm a crybaby episode ain't seen me in eons and I come back crying (laughs) oh my goodness y'all pray for me so let's get into today's episode final four with a few of my University of Alabama teammates Carla, Camille, Monique, Nene, Chandra, and Marlene enjoy For almost a century, Skerritt Bennett Center's historic gothic campus has been a choice location for dream weddings in Nashville. Consistently rated one of Music City's best places to get married by The Knot, Wedding Wire, and Toast of Nashville, Skerritt Bennett Center offers three timeless venues for your wedding, a 20-person elopement chapel, a 300-person wedding chapel, and a breathtaking garden. From rehearsal to reception, Scarrett Bennett Center is ready to help you create the intimate, historic wedding of your dreams. Visit our website at scarrettbennett.org forward slash weddings for more information. Thanks for listening to this episode of These Three Things Podcast. Here's how you can stay connected after the show. Follow at These Three Things Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. On Facebook at these 3 Things P, And if you like what you've been hearing, leave a review. Hey, Queens. Hey, Kings. And what's up, good people? This is Sharonna Reeves, and you are listening to These3Things Podcast. And y'all know I am super excited for this episode today. I have waited weeks. We feel like kids on Christmas. We have just been talking and chatting like we are in high school. These are my college teammates. Many of you who listen to the show, y'all know I was a student athlete at the University of Alabama. I was a member of the Final Four team. And for the first time ever, we are all getting together without the university calling us in and just sitting down and talking openly about our Final Four experience and that entire year that we were together in everything that came with that so without further ado let me introduce you to my teammates and more importantly my sisters chandra nene cece carla marlene and monique you guys welcome to these three things (laughs) welcome y'all say something somebody thank you for for having us Glad (laughs) to be here. here. It's awesome to have you guys. So you guys, I'm just going to tell you, my listeners, this episode is probably going to be super silly at some points because we are super silly together. Uh, But there will probably be some intense moments in this episode as well because we did experience... um, a major episode of grief uh, in our experience together on the Final Four team. So as I said, part of the reason why we are together is because we really don't get to spend time together because we're all grown now and have children and have careers and all of these things. And so we want to just come together and just reconnect and check in with each other and just spend some time. But we also want to take this moment to talk about our experience okay and so before i go any further in the episode before we get in too deep and get to talking what we about to talk about i want to take a second and just introduce all of the girls who were on the final 14 coaches included uh and acknowledge them because we love y'all and even though you guys aren't here we want to give y'all a shout out because we do love you and you guys are our sisters sarah smith kelly betsy harris madonna thompson nisa johnson i john Yenele. Kara Crosland, Yolanda Watkins, and our coaches, the Dottie Kelso, Sherry Smelser, Leah Walker, and our head coach, Rick Moody. And we got to acknowledge our SID. Her name was Becky Hoff. And quiet as is kept, when we were players at Alabama, we, Alabama women's basketball had the best media guide in the SEC. Becky was always on point. She always made sure that we looked great. She always put great stories out there about us. So we want to take a moment just to give you guys your credit, your love, and just say that even though you're not here today with us presently, you are always with us in spirit. Yes, I I agree.
1: We miss (laughs) y'all. Yes. We love y'all.
0: We do, we do. I really want to know, like, I know the reasons why I came to University of Alabama, but I want to know the reasons why Alabama was the school that you chose from the beginning. So, Chandra, w- why did you
2: pick Alabama? Well, it had to be the trip. The it had to be the trip. Um, I remember eating, and my grandmother had, like, an Auburn bag, and Coach K said, what is that? And we were all looking around like, what is she talking about? had bought an Auburn um, duffel bag to the trip. But anyway, um, <laughs> 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 everything um, it was family oriented. Um, Yolanda Watkins, she was, was my high school teammate. She um, th- this is the Alabama was the school she chose. So just it was just good to have somebody here that I knew, and it was just two hours away from home. Yeah. And you and Nay, I mean you and uh, Yo Yo won high school
0: championships together. Yeah. 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 yeah we did. Mm-hmm. Okay, Nay, why'd you pick Bama?
3: um mainly Dottie Dottie kelso our coach um she just made me feel like it was she made me feel like family and uh family was it's something very very special to me and so uh, when i got here on my recruiting trip it was family you mm-hmm. know everybody welcomed me and i just felt i just felt at home so that's that's why i chose alabama see I chose Alabama because
4: I had always um, went to the um, boys' basketball, the men's basketball game, mm-hmm. because Mike Davis, who is from my hometown, played, and uh, my dad and I used to come down and watch them play, and then my brother, he used to he used to bring me down to the to see the women's play, and he used to say, "You think you could play with these with these girls?" I said, oh, of course, and um, my dad and my brother were a, a factor, and then when I was being recruited and Coach Kelso um, re- was recruiting me, she was like a mom away from home, and so that made me feel really, really good about you know going to Bama, and that's why I chose
0: Bama. Yeah. Did you know anybody on the team before you came? Like on the women's team? No. You didn't know anybody? No. Carla? Yes. So my story is similar to uh, Nene's. Um, I knew that I had to get out of Dothan, Alabama. I knew that I didn't want to reside there. And then um, Coach Kelso, same, uh, came and recruited me. And she was just so kind and so open and so friendly and very truthful. And
2: it really did just feel like, that was the place where I belong, so that's why I chose Alabama. Marley,
1: Same for me as well. Um, Coach Kelso recruited me, and I felt like she made room for me. Mm-hmm. And once I looked at the academic program and everything else that was going on, I, I just said, this is the place. I told my mom, this is the place for me. And she said the same thing, just filling the family uh, with everybody on the team that I met, and meeting other people around and just the program and what they were trying to do and where they were going, I I just said there's room for me there. So I I, I wanted to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, and Monique?
5: Um, I'm gonna echo what everyone else was saying. Um, Dottie Kelso, I think it was the transparency um, from her, the, the ability to welcome with open arms like it wasn't even a question as far as it felt so real like a home away from home
0: and just to close that off i feel exactly the same it was Dottie kelso single-handedly for Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. like i knew that alabama was going to show me a good time on the recruiting trip it's the university of alabama you know it's big time football it's all of that you know it's an sec school i knew that i was going to have a good time and i was a transfer coming in having had already gone to a Division One school at Fresno State, gone to junior college for a year, and then was going back to Division I. So the experience and all of that wasn't really what I was looking for. I was looking for someone who would look out for me and take care of me and make sure that I was okay. Coach K kept it 100. Mm-hmm. She said it like yes. she felt it, and she wasn't going to lie to you. If she thought you was mucking up, she was going to mm-hmm. tell you, you right. mucking up. I've always wanted to know that because we've never talked about that. We've never talked about it, but it's clear, you know, that she was a major factor for all of us, for all of us coming here. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and talk about the hard part first. We had all arrived back at school for the fall, uh, and we're going through just regular preseason conditioning like normal. And I remember – going into the office the day that coach kelso got sick the day before coach kelso got sick i remember going up to the office to see her and i was walking up to her office and i walked up to her and i grabbed her and i hugged her and she was sitting at her desk and she says to me she said oh she said be careful she said i got she said "My, my back is hurting and i said your back is hurting she was like yeah she said i don't know what's going on she said but my back is hurting she said be gentle with me and I said, oh, Coach K, I said, you're just getting old. And I'm just over there just talking, you know, crazy like I talked to Coach K, never thinking anything about it. And I just remember, I think it was you, Camille, because you were always the designated team mom that would call and let everybody know <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. what was going on. Like, what what happened?
4: What All I know was I think Coach Smeltzer took her to the hospital because she wasn't feeling well because she was having bad headaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then from there um, – we were um, either conditioning or practicing, mm-hmm. yep. and all of a sudden, practice stopped. Either we were conditioning or practice stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were in the and they said that um, um, go to go to the locker room, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be in there a few in a few minutes. And we didn't understand what was going on. That's all I remember. And then Coach Moody come in and said that. We, our coach, it was, yeah, Coach, was Moody, coach Moody came mm-hmm. in and said that we're going to, you know, cancel yeah. practice, practice today because Coach K is in the hospital. And, and we're going to go. Yeah, yeah. we're going to go up there yeah. and visit her. And that's all I remember. They and didn't I, tell us I specifics. Think, and I think
5: at one point, I don't think they were going to let us in. At one point, yeah. Um, and I think they talked them in. No, they got to see her. Like Absolutely. They got to. Because yeah. yeah. they
3: didn't. Um, they didn't tell us specifics of what what What's we were on. what was going on with her. They just said, you know, we, we, we y'all get your sweats on, or we got we to go to the hospital. And so we, we're all like, okay.
1: We met at Cece's house that later on that evening. Or when they officially told us what was happening after she went to the hospital. And then they had everybody meet over at, I remember that, meeting at CeCe's house. And then Coach Smelzer came in, and then they—if they told us then, not that we were going to the hospital, that she had already passed, but they were going to allow us to go in to see her. And that's where I think a lot of the emotion, because we thought, okay, she was just sick. In the hospital, mm-hmm. she's gonna recover. Not that we were going to the hospital. she already kept her on life support. she was on life support. For us to go see her. And when we got
3: to the lobby, her mom came right there and was saying that she- She can wasn't hear poached. us. It, she can hear y'all, yeah. but it wasn't Dottie that, that's yeah. in there. But we for us to talk to her, she could hear
2: remember yo-yo and I I didn't have a car so I know I wrote to the hospital with her and just seeing coach K laying there look just like she was sleeping mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, respirations you know her chest was going up and down just like she was asleep and I just at that time I, I it didn't dawn on me I'm like you know okay she all right you know you know she's breathing mm-hmm. but then you could hear the sounds of the machine mm-hmm. and now you know, when I became a nurse, it, it dawned on me what was going on. Because mm-hmm. at the time, I didn't know. I mean, it, it she skin just pretty, mm-hmm. lamped up, hair in place. I'm like, mm-hmm. it just wasn't real.
0: Yeah. So and I when you say that. now that you're a nurse, Chandra, what do you mean? Like, what is it that you understand now that you didn't then? Uh,
2: how They were keeping her alive, you know, just artific- artificial. Yeah, um, she was, was already gone. Yeah, she was gone. She was just a shell. It was just a machine keeping her alive, so that was kind of, it was kind
3: of,
2: I remember Yo-Yo and I, we went up there.
3: I remember walking in and I was, I I immediately became angry mm. um, because that was the reason, the real reason I was at University of Alabama, so I was very, very, very upset. Um, I, When I looked at her, I knew that something wasn't right, you know, I, I, I don't think I understood about death. But I knew something wasn't right, and I I, ju- I was just mad from that point. I wanted to leave. I didn't wanna. I was just mad. Mm-hmm. Camille, what do you remember? You need a moment.
0: Carla, yeah. <laughs> listen. First of all, my uh-huh. listeners know I'm a crybaby, but <laughs> we already knew that this was gonna be a moment for us right. because this lady was dearly loved by all by yeah. us, you guys, and. Just, you know, while we take a moment to pull ourselves together here to talk about her, um, we have struggled. How long has Coach K been passed? 30? 28 years. 28 years? Oh. Coach K's been gone 28 years. We still, as grown women with children,
1: mm-hmm.
0: can't talk about her. You know, so that just gives you some insight as to who she was to us.
5: And I think at the time, I don't think we um, was mature enough. Right. Um, you're talking 22-year-olds, yeah. 21. Some of us never really experienced death. Right, right. Someone um, like close to us. Mm-hmm.
2: That close, yeah. yeah.
5: Um, and 28 years is a long time to bury something that was so close to you. And for us to have this opportunity to be able to finally, you know, express that, it is emotional.
0: So I really just remember them, like you said, stopping practice and going to the locker room. I remember all of that. And the next thing I remember is going to the hospital and going to say our goodbyes
1: so much. I lost my dad as you guys know two months ago and going through his papers um, I found her uh, program for her obituary and when I tell you I cried like it was the same day as I picked it up and looked at it um, it was something and it just took me back. It took me back to that day and I, I I just remember the love that she gave I remember how I felt that time while we had her there. Mm-hmm. And the day before she passed, she had come down, watch our condition. I, I was sharing that with, with Nene earlier. She was going down the hallway and she was joking with everybody, joking. And I told her, I said, I've been working, Coach K, I've been working, I've been working. I said, my mind just completely shifted. And she was like, I've been watching you. I know you ready, you are gonna do something. <laughs> And she began to walk down the hall, and I kid you not, it was in slow motion. She was walking down the hall slowly. It was as if everything just kind of s- like moved in slow motion. And she turned around and waved and said, bye.
2: Mm. And I didn't remember it mm-hmm.
1: until. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know then that she was going to pass the next day. Mm-hmm. But those words that she said to me... Mm stuck with me, and I, I'll never forget it. And the the great part about it was, it was like at least, I said, through that year, she still got to see us, do what we did, mm-hmm. even though she wasn't physically there with us. Because of the love that she had for us, it was with all of us, and we were able to push through because I said, how did we make it through in all of that grief? She was helping us push through even mm-hmm. during all of that. Because I said it was a miracle that we all stayed together and we stayed there. But we stayed there because of her mm-hmm. and wanting to do it for her.
3: Mm-hmm. I think that was that was why I was so angry is because I didn't get that goodbye. You know, I didn't get the closure. I didn't get... Um,
0: like, it wasn't like she had an illness and we got to go in and, like, right. s- you know, speak to her. And, you know, we already had been told when we got there. And, and at that time off. I became
3: very selfish, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm here because of her and I want to go. I don't, I don't even want to be, I don't even like anybody at this point, you know. So <laughs> I became, yeah. I just became yeah. a different person. And then, then something just clicked and was like, play for her, you know. And I, I, I do want to say it was her mom that grabbed me and said, I know Dottie didn't get to coach you, but listen, she's here. And it, it, and I, it, that's when it clicked, and it was like, you know what, just just, just play the best you know how. Mm-hmm.
5: Bay, I think it's also important to know, I don't know if you mentioned this, but um, the cause.
0: Our uh, beloved coach, Dottie Kelso, died of a brain aneurysm. She had a cyst at the base of her brain that ruptured, which had caused her headaches, which is, you know, when she first went to the hospital, they did not do a CAT scan on her, which they should have probably done. And they sent her back home, they gave her a shot, and I think gave her some medicine, and they sent her back home. And through the night, she got worse and had to go back to the hospital. And at the moment that they were giving her the CAT scan, the cyst that was at the base of her brain that they would have realized was there earlier, ruptured and killed her instantly. Mm -hmm. So that is how she passed away.
2: And
5: I think, too, um, the reason why it hurts so bad for a lot of us is we know she had a spiritual base.
2: Yes,
5: right. Um, God we had knew she loved pur- the Lord. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And God had a purpose and a plan, and that was His plan for Dottie Kelso. That was a plan for the University of Women's Basketball for 1994 to experience and and go through what we went through. Um, which is why we're here today.
2: And. To say that um, after COVID, I almost changed my my career. I'm, I'm here to advocate for the African Americans because um, they healthcare takes our pain, our uh, what we complained of. They think that we're tough and we can handle it. They don't know. Um, like right there, um, she said she was in pain. You know, just an, another test could have could have picked it up, or it could have just be, you know it was her time. But just health care, they really don't they don't they take our complaints, um, they don't take us seriously. And the, you can just see by all the, the deaths, the uh, the people with sickle cell crisis, um, other chronic pain issues, mm-hmm. they really don't take us seriously. We're
5: not heard, Chandra. Huh? We're not heard. Yeah, yeah, we're not. We're not.
2: Mm-hmm. We're not taken seriously. It's it's on serious. a level
5: of where they feel like we're not intelligent enough to know our bodies,
0: right?
2: Or we can just take the pain mm-hmm. because we have been taking stuff for so long. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I get that. I totally get that. Monique, did you share what you remembered about that day?
2: About,
5: I, I just remember um, us going to the locker room. Um, practice conditioning or practice i think we was conditioning um and we was told to go to the locker room immediately um and that we all were going prepared to go to the hospital because something had happened they didn't explain to us what was going on um we just knew she was in the hospital. I do remember
0: walking. So I want to ask, just in, I want to jump in there. So did anybody at that point, from what Monique just said, when they came in and told us that we're all going to go to the hospital, was anybody at that point thinking this is really bad? No. I wasn't. Mm-mm. I wasn't. Neither yeah. I, I
3: thought she just wanted to see us. Yeah. Um, okay.
0: Okay. Carry on, Monique. And
5: I remember going in the hallway of the hospital. We were lined up. I remember that part. Two
2: at a time. Mm-hmm.
5: Yep. And um, yep. two, only two at a time could go in. Um, she was in ICU at the time, but still, we still didn't know the severity until they, people were coming out crying. Mm -hmm. That's when we knew Mm -hmm. like, this is serious. Um,
2: didn't realize it until we went in to see her mm-hmm. and saw that you know that, that this is real or is it you know I was like is it real
3: but it was so amazing that her mom and sisters had the strength <laughs> mm-hmm. for us because we were young girls trying to to really stomach what we were seeing um mm-hmm. and and like I said this was some's um, first time ever having to go through death and um it was real. It was just so the strength that they had actually helped us grow through that season, yeah. because her mom and sister was there yeah. the whole entire time, holding our hands and um, you know getting us through the season. And um, and I'm just I'm just grateful to see strong women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, at that moment in our life. Mm-hmm. Well, I was
4: mentally and emotionally traumatized mm-hmm. to the point of where I had to go to
2: counseling.
4: Mm. And it was
2: 10 years <laughs> later mm.
4: before I could say her name.
5: And I th- I think for me and they, um the impact that she had for us is we were, perf- transfers that was our first year so we didn't get that opportunity that that a lot of you guys did but however the connection was the same Absolutely. the connection Absolutely. was the same she didn't waver at the fact that oh you're a first year player you're Absolutely. a second year player we was all equal no matter what
3: that's true yeah. I agree
4: <clears throat> even though we had different talents mm-hmm. We jailed, mm-hmm. and and she knew it. Like she knew us mm-hmm. as a team, and we jailed just like, just like just smooth,
0: and we didn't miss a beat. For you listeners, uh, her service was held in Coleman Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it was packed. Mm-hmm. It was tons of people there to come and celebrate the life of Daddy Kell. So that's how many people she had touched in her lifetime. And I know that her family also did a service back at her hometown, Mm -hmm. but they did a service for all of the people here in Tuscaloosa who truly loved Dottie Kelso, who knew her, who knew of her, and who were supporters of the Alabama women's basketball team and athletics Mm -hmm. uh, came to her service at Coleman Coliseum. You know, looking back on that, you guys, um, I don't know how we processed that grief in the way that we did or how it brought us together in the way that it did. Because I feel like after the funeral, we all silently went into our own stages of processing Mm -hmm. and grieving. Mm -hmm. And we didn't talk about it. Do y'all realize that we did Mm -hmm. not talk Mm -hmm. about her? Mm -mm. Rarely did we really bring her up. It was like, as I'm older now, and I look back on Coach Moody, as girls who had all been recruited by Dottie Kelso, I really never considered Coach Moody because we were young, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, we were young and trying to process our own grief at Mm -hmm. that time of Mm -hmm. losing Coach K. Mm -hmm. I never really considered what it was like to lose your right hand, Mm -hmm. because she was Mm -hmm. his Mm -hmm. right hand, Mm y'all. For sure. He didn't make no moves without talking to Dottie Kelso. Right. Right. And that's how much he trusted her. He Mm -hmm. trusted anything that came out of her mouth, and he relied on her direction and her relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. He counted on Coach K for that. Mm -hmm. And so looking back and being older now, you know, I think about Coach Moody, and I think about his own personal grief, losing your right hand, losing her suddenly the way we did. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody thought on, you know, that I think she died on a Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. I think it was Tuesday, September 15th. We didn't see losing, you know, the best part of us, that we felt like was the best part of us, the reason, really, the reason why we were all there. But I have to give Coach Moody a lot of credit because Coach Moody did an amazing job of taking a bunch of young ladies who were grieving the loss of someone that they loved dearly and directing us and guiding us to still believing that we could have a season. Because a lot of teams, you guys, losing the loss like a Coach K, teams would have tanked. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these teams today that are out here today could not lose a coach of that caliber and Mm -hmm. still be able to pull out. A final four season. Mm -hmm. Babe,
4: we knew our roles. We did know our roles. Each one of us had a role on the team, whether it was when we were on the floor or sitting on the bench. We all had a role. And and for some reason, we just knew that because of who she was.
0: Yeah, but don't you think also, too, that Coach Moody was clear on defining our roles for us? I agree. Yeah, he was clear on defining roles. Mm And, you know, either you could accept your role and play or be mad about your role and sit on the bench until you accepted your role. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so if you right. wanted to That's play, you accepted your role. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us, you know, to get to a place like the University of Alabama, you're going to have to be able to score. Mm-hmm. But we had specific scores on the team that he wanted the ball in their hands. Mm-hmm. So in order for us to be successful, those of us who came there known as scorers had to relent to the people who he felt needed to have the ball in their hands. It didn't matter how we felt about it. We did it. But because we did it, we were successful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were successful. But you know what else I loved about us, you guys, is that in those moments, the people that he wanted the ball to be in their hands, if they didn't show up that night at any given time, somebody else on this team would show up and give what they didn't bring that night. Uh, that's sure. it. I, th- I that's think sweet.
5: as role players we were very mm-hmm. unselfish. Oh, yeah, we, absolutely. Yes, we definitely right. accepted the fact that, okay, we know, crunch time, we know who's getting this ball and her, she's an All-American, right? Yes, right. Yes. That would so. be Nisa mm-hmm. Johnson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. um, and first team All-American at that. We're yeah. not talking yeah. second, third. But back
0: then it was a Kodak All-American. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. State Farm, yeah. I think, but it was Kodak <laughs> back then. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. And so, you know, we uh, – I, I have to give him credit because you find somehow coach moody you found a way to get us to where we needed to be to focus on a season and you know back then you know some of you who are listening to this that are you know in basketball land coach moody never made us sit down and watch film we were a team Mm -hmm. that went to the final four that never watched an ounce of film coach moody did all the film work and basically came out and told us what the game plan was going to be. And you guys know what? Yeah. We believed every word came out of yeah. that the yeah. yeah. mouth.
2: Yeah. We absolutely.
4: did. We did. And we executed. Sp- spit we spit in <laughs> all. and all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we did. If Coach Moody had told us that, you know, what we're going to get there and the sky going to be red. Yeah. And That's the sky absolutely. is red and this is how we're going to handle the sky <laughs> being red. We got there and expected to see a red sky.
5: And we, because of Coach Kelso, we didn't have nobody else to entrust. Right? He was correct. the last person to entrust in that moment. So we're like, he, if he's saying it, it must be true. It's going to come to fruition, right?
3: Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I do say that he did watch young women grow up really, really fast. Yes. You know what I mean? Like we grew yeah. in mm-hmm. a, in a mm-hmm. year's time because we had to grow. Had, you know what I mean? To. We we ended up leaning on each other. Well, we yeah. had that. Dottie Kelso that we leaned on, Coach K was our mm-hmm. our shoulder, but we started leaning on each other, and and I think that's that played a big factor of how the season turned out. Yeah,
1: that's a great point because I think at that time all of our relationships blossomed mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. because even though we didn't. And I said, I think back, why we didn't talk about Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. but we, our relationships blossomed during that time period. And I said, even though it was unspoken, we knew we needed each other and we leaned on each other in a way that was unspoken. And that that created a bond that will never be broken.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. We we grabbed each other and loved each other and and, and that's where the sisterhood really
1: yeah.
0: came
3: in. And the stuff that would have
0: been petty before, that would have made us be aggravated with each other was just minuscule. Yeah. Like we're not finna we not finna let that separate us. We're not finna let that cause us to have beef yeah. with each other. And as I like think about that, I think about like how Coach Moody, he let us grieve for a minute. And then he got right back at us. Absolutely. Cause do y'all remember? Like practice had gotten yeah, elevated. It was, yeah, it got real intense. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think he realized, nah, I'm gonna have to like, snap them out. If no. I let them stay here, we're gonna lose this season. So mm-hmm. it got to a point where if we wasn't doing exactly what he said, the way he wanted, get on the Q line. Section.
3: Q do <laughs> Don't, or, touch, or the Q. Q. don't Q. touch the Q.
5: section. Or I'm not leaving Coach Moody. I'm <laughs> not, <laughs> not leaving Coach oh, Moody. Absolutely. Oh <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, so. So who wants to tell this story? But who Nay, wants to tell Nay story? can tell it. Nay tells it the best. She tells it the best.
3: Come on. Oh I man. know, I've never heard anybody tell some uh, an adult no. <laughs> so I was freaking out. But <laughs> Bebe was kicked out of practice. Because <laughs> Bebe, we should have called her Can't Get Right. <laughs> but <laughs> she was our big sister. and um, You loved me. We did. Truly love her. And... She got kicked out of practice this particular time. What was it? It you was just actually an there.
0: attempt. Well, she arrive. got kicked. She was told to, to leave yeah.
3: practice. Yeah. And this was the first time I ever heard anybody tell an adult, no, I'm not leaving. So immediately I start going into panic mode. Just leave, just leave, just leave. And she's like, no, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. What did you get kicked out for?
0: Honestly, I think that that day, I was just not, you know, I wasn't bringing any energy. And I don't know, I I guess I was just working my way into practice and not really bringing like energy in the beginning. Exactly and I think right. that coach Moody was trying to make an example out of me to get everybody. Cause this was at the time y'all when practice was not a game. Absolutely, Like you show Absolutely. up and you better be bringing energy yeah. and you better be ready to practice. Yeah. And so I think that day he picked me to make an example out of me because I was dragging a little bit. And if y'all remember, I usually be the upbeat person over there yeah, pra- clapping yeah. and practicing and, and doing CC. all that. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't oh, doing yeah, it CC. that day. And so he was like, you know what, baby, just get out of here. And, I was going to walk out, and then something reminded me, 6 a.m. workout. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. No, ma'am. Yeah, you I'm got not said leaving no this man. gym. I'm not leaving this gym because if I leave this gym, because the rule back then was if you get kicked out of practice, you got a 6 a.m. workout the next morning. Mm. And I was like, Bill, was that his name? Yeah. Yeah. I said, Bill's yeah. not getting ready to kill <laughs> me. <Crazy Bill>. Yeah. <laughs> and he was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <home stuff. laughs> You
3: that say what? Next next that year. was the next year. Yeah,
0: we didn't have I, – I never had Coach Jones oh, as a yeah, strength coach. coach. That was the next year. Yep. Fabulous. So I was like, I'm not leaving practice. So Coach Moody's like, bae, you know how he talks to yeah. his contracts. Bae, I want you out of here. Get on out of here. Get I said, on. I ain't leaving, Coach Moody. I ain't leaving. I said, I want to be here. I want to be here with my team. And some people like practice came to a halt.
3: Yeah. He was like, "Well, we're not going. We're not moving forward <laughs> till Bay get out of here." <laughs> do
0: you remember just that leave, just go. And I think Nay was kind of nudging yeah, her. She was like, go. "I'm not leaving." She was, she yeah, was get, away get away from, from me. And do y'all remember Coach Moody walked over to me yes. and he was like, "Just go and oh, go outside. I, yes. I ain't no, going, no, Coach Moody. Moody. I and wouldn't no. even look at him." But what about cheering us
3: on? Come on, girls. Nobody was doing anything (laughs)
0: because I was scared to make eye contact because in that moment I was outside of myself. I just knew that I couldn't get up and do a 6 a.m. workout. So I'm trying to find any way that you're going to have just some mercy on me in this moment. Coach Moody and don't kick me out of this practice. So when he came over, and he was like, baby, I mean, I want you to get go now. Get on out of here. I, I said I'm not going, Coach Moody. I just kept looking straight ahead, yeah. and then he went on and started practice back, cause oh, he was like he wasn't gonna let me disrupt practice. And as soon as he started, I was like, "Come on, ladies, let's go, ladies!" Yeah. And you know what? Eventually, I won him over, and he was like, "Get in the drill." Yeah. yeah. And practice yeah. went on, mm-hmm. but I just at that moment I was like, I'm not gonna let him make an example out of me. Like I was ready to practice. I wasn't in no funk but I just wasn't bringing my normal energy like I would be when we'd be warming up and stuff. I'd be talking to everybody, and you know, being me. And I was like, I'm not getting up for a 6 a.m. But years later, Coach Moody told me how much he respected that moment for me he I was did, like, that I took a lot too. of guts from you. He said, That took a lot of guts for you to do that. He said, but it meant so much to me that you wanted you wanted to be in practice. Mm-hmm. I felt like what we had was really so special. Mm-hmm. And all of our practices, even though they were hard, we loved
3: every moment of practice. Yes. Absolutely. I can say after that moment, that practice was the most intense yes. Yes. practice. Yes. I mean, it was like we were we were About to fight each other, (laughs) trying to—we're not getting kicked out. He's not gonna say it, but we went really, really, really hard
0: that particular practice. Mm -hmm. I have to tell y'all this: you guys taught me how to be a winner. Mm -hmm. You guys Mm -hmm. grew me up, like Marlene. I have to tell you something about you, Marlene. Mm -hmm. Like I always, from a distance. Has so much love for you mm-hmm. because Marlene, you were just above us in so many, like you were so mature, Absolutely, you know, like you were just a grown woman, <laughs> like you was just dealing with us <laughs> <laughs>
3: Absolutely. and
0: deal with these kids today. <laughs> <laughs> but I always just was like, you know, I wish like you were always about your academics. Mm-hmm. You were always about the right thing. And that's exactly yes. what I needed in my life was to mm. be around women like y'all, Absolutely. you know, and you loved us like you were just you know you loved us you loved on us marlene and you know camille you was always the mama but you (laughs) would be silly with us but you know something else camille you gonna tell any of us at any given time be raw uncut clean true if it's gonna hurt our feelings
3: you don't (laughs) care (laughs) absolutely
0: you did not care camille you was gonna just tell it you know and so because y'all were so on point in so many ways you made me have to come up to the level And it made me. It made me a better person. It made me a better woman. That's why there were moments where I would mourn Coach K being gone. Because I was like, I wish you could see me now. Yeah. Like, I really got my mm. shit together, Coach yeah. K. Like, I did okay, you know. But mm-hmm. she sees us. Yeah, and she yeah. has witnessed everything that we have yeah. become at this very moment and this very time in our lives. Absolutely. But, yeah, like... That was just the love. like, And I feel like we needed to start out talking about Coach K because it's really how the season started for mm-hmm. us. That's really how everything changed, how we really became a team, how we really began to look out for each other, how we began to take practice in everything that we did seriously, like how we were taking care of our bodies, what we were eating when mm-hmm. we went to bed, mm-hmm. not missing curfew. Like everything about us was yeah. just on point Absolutely. from losing her from then on. Mm-hmm are listening to these three things podcast final four with Carla Camille Monique Nene Chandra and Marlene we'll be right back if you like what you've been hearing today I encourage you to go to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a review and tell me what you loved about this episode I am Sharonda Reeves, and we are back. These three things: my teammates and sisters from the University of Alabama, nineteen ninety-four women's final four team: Chandra, Nene, CC, Carla, Marlene, and Monique. Y'all, let's talk about the fun that we had at Alabama. Let's talk about Club CC. Let's just mm. put it out there: the legendary Club CC. Back yes. in the day. Club CC was, like, the place that we all used to go hang out. Like, it was the place that on the weekends we would get back from a game or something. We'd fly back in. We would all go out there. We always felt safe out at the CC. Like, I don't ever remember, like, any gun violence. Y'all ever remember any gun violence out at the CC? I don't. Not that I can think of. Not that I can think of.
2: Melissa,
5: and, and babe, we're just gonna we're gonna keep it mm. 100. Marlene's over here shaking her head, yes, like she used to go.
1: Oh <laughs> <God. I know. laughs> yes. Hey, one time counts. <laughs> the one time counts. It does. Somebody's gonna get y'all back on curfew. All right, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> she was in the car taking exactly. notes. <laughs> exactly.
5: Marlene's actually studying for her lab exactly.
0: <laughs> in the club. In the club. Marlene is studying. Marlene, did you time. did go one time. I did. Marlene yeah. did go one time. Marlene was a 4.0 student, you guys. She was majoring in what form of engineering? Was it Computer
1: Maca- engineering. Computer
0: engineering. What? And Marlene was just about her academics. You know, we just said in the last segment that Marlene was just elevated above us all. She was way more serious about a lot of things in life than we were. And, you know, Marlene grew us all up. When we dealt with Marlene, we knew we had to come correct when we went to <laughs> Marlene. Because Marlene was not playing with us. <laughs> not you know. Enough. So Marlene did we I don't know who convinced you to go to the club that one time Marlene but
3: C-C-C.
0: CC CC <laughs> CC the mom you know the mama the, the CC really for us back then it was it was good clean fun it was just yeah. young people dancing and enjoying life mm-hmm. it wasn't a whole bunch of drama out there it wasn't a place that our parents really wouldn't have wanted us to be it had alcohol, but I don't ever remember, like, if we weren't old enough to be drinking, you weren't going to be found drinking in the CC. Absolutely. They were serious about, you know, making sure that, you know, we, you yeah. know, if we were of legal age, we could do everything that we were supposed to do, and if we were not, I did we, I feel like, y'all, we got preferential treatment out of the CC, We, did. Did, we, we did. We did. We did. What was the, the guy's name? Shim. Shim, yes. yes. <laughs> Camille, yeah,
3: I, Camille remember remember.
0: Wow. I feel that's like crazy. if it was a line and all of us was walking up together, we got to go on in. Absolutely. Am I remembering wrong? That's You're, right. Right. You're right. right. Correct. Yeah. And I felt like we had that, you know, as women's basketball players. And because our team was good, I felt like there was a level of respect that we had when we was in there, too, that people just kind of was like, that's the girls basketball. Yeah. Team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: And we were giants. Yeah, that's
0: what I say. <laughs> we were giants.
5: Not everybody, but you guys coming in like trees.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And nobody messed with us. No. nobody ca- no. tried to confront us except for this one time. I John, I'm gonna tell this story because I know you're gonna <laughs> listen to this episode. But one time we were at the CC one night, and I John is our teammate. Her name is I John Yindeli. I John was from Turkey, and I John had come to America and she was just getting her feel of the American experience. And she would hang out with us because she just, you know, she loved our culture and I think she felt comfortable around us. And so we would take i with us wherever she wanted to go. So one night we had to CC, me and I-John, and it was Carla, I think he was there that night. Camille was there that night. Monique was there that night. And I, John, not knowing that this is not appropriate in the United States, there was a group of people, you know how like you're at the club and some people will have like a little party or a little birthday thing going on for somebody and they got a little table set up with like drinks and snacks and cupcakes and stuff on it. Well, that was there that night. And so we're in the club, you know, we all dancing and just, you know, doing what we do and you know, you, you could always count on a good dance with Andre Perry because Andre Perry could dance mm-hmm. his behind off. So I was always looking for Dre as a dance partner. Mm-hmm. And we all out there just having a good time, whatnot. And the next thing I know, I look out the corner of my eye, and there's a girl face-to-face with John with her finger pointing in John face upside her head. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hold up. So I'm like going over like, what's the problem? Some little short girl, I'm looking down there like, oh, what's the problem? <laughs> and she was like, uh, your friend just put her mouth on our drink. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yo friend, keep in mind the music is loud. Mm -hmm. We're in a club Mm -hmm. and all I can hear is this high pitch, yo friend, put her mouth on my drink. I was like, what are you talking about? And so I John turns to me, and you guys, I John's voice, her English mm. voice, sound like the terminator. Mm. Yes. <laughs> because it's really broken English, mm-hmm. and she's trying to just relate the words to us as best she can. Mm-hmm. So I John looks, and her voice was also very deep. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna try to do my best, I John. So I John turns and looks at me, and she says, I <laughs> I can't even get it out. She says, I drunk out of the bottle. <laughs> I, I said, I John, you drunk out of a two-liter? Yes. <laughs> I John. Why would you drink that? We don't do that. I was thirsty. I thought it was for everybody in the club. I John, but if it was for everybody in the club, why would you even want that? Because everybody don't put their mouth on it. I said, that's their stuff. I John, they're having a little private party. You can't do that. Oh, I didn't know. But thanks for coming over. (laughs) Now, listen, I'm thinking I-John about to get Molly and just beat up because she's the only white person in the club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was only white person in there. And I'm thinking, these girls are about to mop this floor. i John. I'm looking for teammates that like we might have to fight y'all. Like, we might <laughs> yeah.
3: get I-John yeah. up
0: out of here. Yeah. And I-John, you know, it was nothing to her. After I told her what it, you know, what it was... I John went on because you remember that song, y'all? Yo, where, where they at, girl? Yeah, where, where that
3: girl? girl?
0: Yeah. Listen, that was where they That's at, I girl? Jam. Where they at, girl? Yeah. That was like, <laughs> yeah. Listen, I John going on dancing somewhere. She ain't thought nothing else about that. Mm. And I was like, I John. Mm. Then went to the club and put her whole mouth on somebody's two liter drink <laughs> and turned it up. <laughs> but that was I John, though. I John yes. was just free yeah. and enjoying yeah. herself yeah. in America.
2: Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But Club CC was good to us. They took care of us. They didn't put us in no danger. It was out in the country away from drama mm-hmm. so we could go out there and be free. It wasn't cell phones out back then. So whatever happened, Happ- happened. at the CC, <laughs> stayed, stayed at, at the, the CC. CC you know? <laughs> <laughs> unless somebody told it, nobody knew anything about it. So, you know, just our whole University of Alabama experience, we have to give a shout out to Club CC because it was the place that we went and partied and had a good time. It was safe, clean, fun. We danced our behinds off till we sweated mm-hmm. till it was sweat on the dance mm-hmm. floor yes. and mm-hmm. we got home in one piece with no drama. So, let's give a shout out to club CC cuz you know, good times.
3: <laughs> Woo. <Woo-hoo>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, queens, kings, and good people. That's it for part 1 of the final 4 episode. Don't forget to come back for part two next week. Next week, we're definitely going to talk more about the experience and the journey to the Final Four. And as I promised in the intro of this episode, I am going to talk with our head coach, Rick Moody, about his perspective and his take on the 1994 Final Four season. I'll see y'all next week.